good to see you all. I uh, hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I went up to Colorado, uh, Oklahoma and spent some time with my dad and had a good Thanksgiving with the family. It's always good to be home. Though it seems no matter how comfortable people try to make you be, there's nothing like being in your own bed. Just not the same. I, I, I probably like my bed too much as much time as I spend in it. I like to sleep late. You know, there was a man the Bible talks about in John chapter 5 who spent a whole lot of time in bed. He was there all the time, not because he was lazy like me, but because he couldn't walk. And had been like that for 38 years. And the story in, in John chapter 5 of how he met Jesus and what Jesus did for him. And I want to talk about that this morning as we think about what we are thankful for today most of all. That's life through Jesus Christ. John chapter 5 begins as Jesus has been traveling around Judea, and he had just started healing people, and he comes to Galilee, and the the law of Moses, God had told the Israelites that three times a year, all the men were to travel up to Jerusalem for this feast. There were three different feasts. And here in John chapter 5, it was the time for one of those feasts. So Jesus goes up to Jerusalem to this feast. And in John chapter 5 and verse 2, it says, Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. Now, about 140 years ago, Uh, They were digging around the Jerusalem wall, and they found the pool of Bethesda. It was, and it was, they dug it up, and it was, and you know where it was? It was right where the Bible says it was, by the sheep gate. And you see, a lot of people would come up to Jerusalem, to the temple, to make their sacrifices. And they brought a lot of sheep. And I guess they didn't want these sheep all over the city. And so they had a special pen, a holding area. And the sheep gate was a gate in the Jerusalem wall where people, before they entered the city, would bring their sheep. And they would put them in this holding area before they were sacrificed. And they were digging by this, this gate and they found actually two pools. There were a big there was a big one and there was a small one next to it. And they were surrounded by these rock walls. And on each side of this of the, of the small pool there were these doors, these archways that were covered and they called them porches. And there were four of them and then there was a fifth one that connected the small 
John chapter 5, the next verse, it says, And these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. So, for some time after Jesus came, people would go to this pool, and, and there was a lot of people who would come who were sick and had disease, and they would wait for someone to stir up the water, and the first person that got in after that, it said, was cured of whatever disease they had. And it said, and the Bible says, um, you know, one thing I, while I was researching this pool, I found it was interesting that when they were digging it up on one of the walls, they found this mural, this big painting that they painted on the wall. And it was a picture of an angel and the water. And I thought that was interesting. It just matches up what the Bible says. And I'm not sure why the angel came down and did this for this period of time. It might have been like the other miracles to, to, as a sign to the people that Messiah had come. But he doesn't really say but it goes on to say, now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. So here we find this man who was crippled for 38 years. He couldn't walk. And Jesus had come to the pool of Bethesda and was watching the people. And he saw some were were better than shaped than others. And some of them could, could walk and they, could, they, could, they were getting ahead of other people. And then there were some that had people to help them. Maybe they hired some people or had friends that came with them. And they would pick them up and get them ahead because only one person was healed. And they would, they was getting ahead of people and it just wasn't fair and he sees all this, and he sees this one man over by himself, all alone. And Jesus came and he asked him if he wants to be made well. And he's looking still at the pool Bethesda. And he says, I want to, but I can't. I, I, I don't have anyone to help me. I've tried. And when I go to get in, someone gets ahead of me. And so Jesus knew he had been there a long time and he has compassion on him. And he just asks him if he wants to be made well. And he told 
the multitude of the people that day. Why did Jesus choose this man, this one man here, to heal? I thought about that, and I think Jesus probably tells us in the book of Luke. He says he came and was sent to preach the gospel to the poor. He says he was he has been sent to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Recover of sight to the blind, to set up liberty those who are oppressed. You know, many in the pool that day were strong in themselves. Many others had people to help them that they relied on. This one man had them. He had nothing else. Jesus was all alive. He was ready. Ready and willing to hear the Lord. The others had other solutions. They weren't ready to hear it. They had another way to save themselves. You see. I think it's the same with us. If we think we can save ourselves, we're not going to listen to Jesus. If we look to other people and what they're saying, we're not going to hear Jesus' words. If you think you can save yourself, if you think somehow you can make this work, then Jesus isn't going to be able to help you because you won't listen to him. You won't do what he says. You know, we, we all grow up listening to old people telling us what to do and giving us advice on what we ought to do and how we ought to live our lives. You know, I always knew that you shouldn't spend more money than you earn. That if you get in debt, you're going to have a hard time getting out. Don't, don't spend money that you don't have. find out the hard way that they were right. You're better off waiting and not spending money than I have. My mom always diving when I was growing up. So I know about diving. And I know that you shouldn't eat more food than you need. I know that. I've always known that. That's obvious. To try that one too. It wasn't until I broke my heart literally that I was willing to listen. Really to listen. We have to be broken hearted. We have to be poor. We have to be humble. We have to have no other hope. If we're going to hear Jesus and come to Him and listen to Him and give 
not going to do that. If you still cling on to something else, maybe you can get by. You won't do it. You won't do what he says. The man at the pool of Bethesda was ready to hear. And he did what Jesus said. So the man gets up, picks up his bed, and he walks out of the pool. And the Jews see him coming out of their feet. The next verse says, The Jews therefore said to him, Who is cured? It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. They answered him, He who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. And they said to him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn a multitude when he made in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple, and he said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who made well. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him, because he had done these things on the Sabbath. So when the Jews saw this man coming out of there carrying his bed, they accused him of breaking the law of Moses. Now God had commanded them in the law of Moses that on the seventh day they should rest, the seventh day was to be kept holy again. And it says in Exodus 20 and verse 8 that this was to remind them that God created the heavens and the earth and everything. And that on the seventh day he rested. And Deuteronomy chapter 5, it also says the reason for this command is God wanted them to remember what he had done for them in Egypt. How they were captives in Egypt all those years and they weren't allowed to rest. They worked in every day. God wanted them to remember what he had done for them and brought them out. So he made the Sabbath day for them to remember. That was the purpose of it. But over time, the Jews had become focused on just obeying the rule, doing the command, not the purpose of the command, not glorifying God for what he had done for them. And they added all these Restrictions, any trivial thing that you might be doing, they could see you do it and say, you're breaking the Sabbath. And they could stone you for that. See, they, they've changed the focus to obeying the law, obeying the command, and not the reason, the whole purpose of the command, which is glorifying God in the first place. And here they... They didn't even care. They didn't seem to really care what happened to this man. He had obviously had a miracle done by God. Why were they not glorifying God for the miracle? But instead, they're breaking the command. It was just pretty twisted the way they looked at this. So, Jesus, of course, knew the purpose of the Sabbath. And 
Mark 2 and 27, he tells the Jews, the Sabbath was made for man, but not man for the Sabbath. And this really bothered the Jews. They hated that. And they tried to kill him for that. Because their hearts were focused on God, you see. And left being focused on God, the creator of all, the one who gave them. Later, Jesus finds this man, and he finds him in the temple. You know, when something awesome happens to you, you remember to thank God. When something great happens, when you find something that you've lost, when something terrible is happening, going to happen, and it doesn't, you remember to thank God. All the little things during the day, so many good things happen to us. Often forget to thank God for that. We see what's in this man's heart. Where did he walk when he left the temple? He used those legs to walk to the temple when he left the pool. He was remembering God. And Jesus finds him there and he gives him one more command. He says, Send no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. So, what could this worst thing be? He was paralyzed. He couldn't walk. You know, being able to walk, that's a pretty important thing. And being able to go wherever you need to go. I can't imagine how important that would be. Being able to go to the bathroom by yourself, that would be a big deal for me. I mean, that's huge. That's a big thing. What could be worse than that? tells this man the same thing he told the woman caught in adultery. He said, say no more. Now that you've been washed and are clean, don't go back to the faith. Now that you've been healed and can walk, don't go back to your sickness. You know, we just celebrated Thanksgiving here in America. And I love Awesome to remember to be thankful for all the things we have. We have more than we need. As for me, I have good health, family, friends, I have a good job, house, everything I need. Tons of stuff I don't need. So much to be thankful. No, 
Apostle Paul, who was once blind, said the things that are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The Lord made him blind so he could see things, so he could see what was truly important, what Jesus was Every one of us has been sick, lying in a hopeless, just like this man in the face. We've all been there. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. But Jesus had compassion on us. And He came and He found us and He made us well. If you're paralyzed by sin today, Jesus is asking this question to you. Do you want to be made well? If you think you can beat it on your own, if you think somehow you can overcome this on your own, you're going to fail. Because you just can't. You have to humble yourself like this man. To the point where you have no other choice, you have no other option but to listen to what he says and do what he says, because that's the only hope. The pool of the pool of Bethesda, or you can go and look at it today and see the remnants of it there. It doesn't feel anybody else. Doesn't kill anybody. Right there is Jesus gave us better water than that. He gave us living water. If you haven't been baptized, that's so much better than the faith. You can wash away your sins if you believe that Jesus Christ can do that for you. He will. Like the praise of the church this morning, 